So today, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we celebrate on this on this first Sunday of Great Lent, we celebrate the Sunday of Orthodoxy or the triumph of Orthodoxy. Now on this first Sunday of the Great Fast, the church guides us. She guides us to reflect on the victory of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church over the struggle and the division of the iconoclast heresy. In conjunction with this, the church also guides us to reflect and remember on this day who through the grace of our Lord those who fought for the faith through word, through teaching, and through deed against many, many heresies throughout the 2,000 years of the church. The church calls us to reflect on those who suffered to proclaim the truth of the faith and those who struggled to restore the icons to their rightful place in the church. During the 8th and 9th century, and for nearly over a hundred years, well, almost uh, right at a hundred years, the Church of Christ was troubled, and was troubled by the persecution of those who opposed the veneration of icons, those who falsely claimed this to be idol worship. Now the church endured this heresy beginning with the reign of Emperor Leo III in the year 741. And it ended in the reign of Emperor Theophilus in the year 842. So 101 years the church endured this heresy. Now after the death of Theophilus, his widow, the Empress Theodora, together with the Methodius, who was the Patriarch of Constantinople at that time, and of course both of who are canonized as saints in the church, reestablished the truth of Orthodox worship and spirituality. St. Theodora herself stood before, and we read this in the Synaxarian from today, that we heard about, we heard of in Orthros. She stood before St. Methodius, and venerated the icon of the Theotokos before a large crowd. And after she venerated the icon, she turned to the crowd before her and she proclaimed, If anyone does not offer relative worship to the holy icons, not adorning them as though they were gods, but venerating them out of love as images of the archetype, out of love of those who our icons depict. She said, let them be anathema, which of course means to reject. Then with common prayer and fasting during the first week of Great Lent, she asked God's forgiveness for her husband Theophilus, who himself was an iconoclast. And after this, on the first Sunday of Lent, she and her son Michael, who by now was emperor, made a procession 
with all the clergy and people, thus restoring the holy icons, and once again adorning the church with their radiant presence. And in just a few short minutes, short time from now, my friends, we too will make this procession around the church. The same one that they did. Not as a reenactment of the thing which happened back then. But us participating, as you have heard me multiple times say, participating in that act. Just as they did. And therefore, proclaiming the truth of the faith that has been given to us throughout the ages. Now since time immemorial, the church has venerated and loved the image of our beloved Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. We see this expressed in the early church historical accounts. <clears throat> we see it expressed throughout scripture and throughout the traditions of the church. Not only then, but also now. The icons that we have in our churches, in our homes, in our workspaces, are not merely painted pictures on a piece of wood, which I'm sure we all know. The icon itself is a testimony, and it is a confirmation that the second person of the Holy Trinity was made manifest in the flesh and was sent to reveal that it was this world that the Lord made His flesh, sanctifying it, restoring it, and filling it with His incorruptible divinity. This is the dignity which you and I share, dearly beloved, through holy baptism, and must be willing to enter into more deeply and fully by giving our life to Him who gives His life for us. Icons of Christ, of the saints, of the Theotokos, and of events are promises. They are promises of the redeemed creation over a fallen one and illumined forth a restoration of that creation back to its original purpose, purpose of glorifying its creator, our creator. In the icon, we see a solid example of matter restored through grace and the life of the church to its original intention of exuding beauty and of harmony. And as we celebrate this Sunday of Orthodoxy, again, we are not merely remembering or reenacting events of, of ages past, but rather, rather professing the triumph of truth, the truth over heresy, which the icon, of course, proclaims. The icon is a vision of God. Even in the saints depicted in the icons, our vision of God that helped lead us to our salvation. All the saints of the church, from the apostles themselves to our more contemporary saints, saw the vision of Christ and His glory and the very fabric of their existence was changed by it. Christ took on our flesh 
the second person of the Godhead, was sent to us so that we may become God-like. So that we may enter fully into communion with Him. And it is because of this that the Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, can be depicted in the icons that adorn our church walls, our homes, and in our workspaces. And the same is true with the saints who bear not only the image of God, but also His very likeness. And also true of the mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now as we all know we don't worship the paint and the wood these icons are made from. But we do venerate the archetype. The one that these icons depict. Therefore my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Let us venerate the icons of our Savior. Of the saints of the church. Of the most holy Theotokos. And thereby confess the inherent goodness of the entire creation, knowing that because, our, because Christ took on our flesh, this creation has been redeemed. It has been restored, and we too can be transfigured and obtain that likeness of Christ through the incarnation of Christ. Now is our turn. It's our turn. To proclaim that truth. Now is our turn to offer ourselves as icons to the world. Icons that depict our communion with God. By offering ourselves as icons of the image and likeness of God, we can too be transformed. And those we encounter can be transformed. If we live a life of prayer, of fasting, of almsgiving. Always giving thanks to the Creator who sustains us, who enlightens us, and who saves us through the treasury, the treasury of our Orthodox faith, which we celebrate today. The triumph of Orthodoxy happens, dearly beloved, in our personal lives. When Christ becomes incarnate in us through keeping our faith and His commandments, orthodoxy triumphs when we become an icon of Christ through our love and forgiveness to others. Orthodoxy triumphs when the falsehood of our passions are denounced and Christ is enthroned as the King and the Savior in our hearts. Orthodoxy triumphs when we proclaim the truth, the one truth, because there is only one truth. There are not hundred thousand truths. There is one truth. When we proclaim that to others and to ourselves. Today is the first day of the rest of Great Lent. A time when we fortify ourselves by abstaining from certain foods from striving to abstain from sin and abstain from devouring our neighbors with criticism and indifference. So I pray, dearly beloved, let us keep the image of Christ within us, the icon of Christ within us, 
And let us serve one another with our works of charity, almsgiving, prayer, and Christ-like love. Let us build up the church by placing our time and our talents into those things that neither rust nor moth can destroy that will benefit us for eternity. And let us give thanks to God who brought us here today, who has given us the treasury of our orthodox faith and the vision of God, which is the salvation for the world. The triumph of orthodoxy is the triumph of the only true and living way which leads us and the whole world to salvation. I pray that this Lent, I pray that we enter more deeply into this. I pray that we embrace this during this Lent. And I pray that we confess this. And I pray to let us fervently live out our orthodoxy by becoming an icon of Christ through the grace and mercy of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.